To express yourself, where teens talk and the world listens. Presented by Star Style Productions as an international outreach program of Be the Star You Are charity. You'll rock to an hour of adolescent fusion with your teen hosts and on air reporters. Meet and chat with cool celebrities, exhilarating experts, and tenacious teens with subjects regarding anything and everything that you want to know. It's time to kick off the fun with our star teens. Welcome to Express Yourself. To give real service, you must add something which cannot be bought or measured with money, and that is sincerity and integrity. That quote comes from writer Douglas Adams. Hello, and welcome to Express Yourself, where a program by, for, and with creative young people, a platform to give teens a voice right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. From Cynthia Bryan, creator and producer of Express Yourself and Star Style Productions, we bring this program to the airwaves as an outreach service of the Be the Star You Are charity a top nonprofit honored by GuideStar and great nonprofits. Before we get into today's show, Be The Star You Are's volunteers and I want to urge you to check out our website at bethestarur.org. Go to the events tab to find out exciting events we have coming up. And also visit us at expressyourselfteenradio.com to check out past editions of our show. Today's show is centered around the gift of integrity. In this first segment, I'm joined by longtime reporter and host Jack Pavlakos, who's here with another brand new report that revolves around integrity. Take it away, Jack. Hey, audience. My name is Jack Pavlakos, and I'm really excited to be opening our show with my segment, Trends Without Ends. Today, I'm going to be talking about the current trends affecting and influencing integrity. I read this quote, and I think that it's pretty clever. If you have integrity, nothing else matters. If you don't have uh, nothing else matters. Um, and now, now more than ever, integrity is influenced by outside sources. It goes without saying um, that anyone reading information on the internet is going to come across stories of greed and corruption in business and politics. But one overlooked area in casual reading is how science is influenced by the corruption of integrity. So much so that in March of 2019, uh, United States senators introduced the Scientific Integrity Act. This act will assist in ensuring that federal government scientists will be protected from political interference. And this is important because federal scientists work on a wide range of issues from food safety to weather monitoring, monitoring to medical research. And unfortunately, it's said that actually quite often the work in research can be manipulated or ignored for political means based on who is funding the project. Uh, like, for example, if a company that is uh, in favor of Republicans or another company that's uh, highly in favor of the Democrats, they might uh, fund a scientific project and they could basically be paying the scientists to purposely come up with data that supports, uh, I guess, like what side of politics their issue revolves around. Like maybe... Uh, yeah, just some, uh, which isn't really uh, very good for integrity. So scientists under this law uh, are kind of protected from uh, like the retaliation and altering and like suppressing their scientific findings, which is overall really good because science, I, like the main thing about science is that the results are actually true. 
So it's really important that the results that they're getting aren't altered for specific results. Uh, and sometimes the research can actually lead to unexpected results. And scientists need to be able to speak about it honestly in order to make sure that the research is available to the scientific community and the public as a reliable source. Uh, and one example uh, are like the political policies that support subsidizing crops used to produce like processed foods and sugary drinks. And uh, this policy failure can contribute to an enormous and costly health crisis if uh, there's being if there's false information put out about like the true harms of uh, I guess like bad foods that are really bad for you. If these companies are paying scientists to come up with data that I guess supports their food, even though it's not necessarily the healthiest, it could actually cause a lot of health problems in a misinformed public. So while it might be good for business profits, it uh, would take the integrity for a company leader to redirect the business to, I guess, move toward creating foods that are healthy and beneficial to the people, even though it might not taste as great, which could risk the health of the company profits. Hmm, that's very interesting that you brought this topic up, Jack. Um, I didn't know that the corruption of integrity also applies to science. I usually thought it's like, you know, politics and news or something that's publicized, but I didn't know that it applies to science. So I found that pretty cool. Um, so my first question is, what are some ways to increase personal integrity? Um, you know, how can someone improve their integrity and just incorporate a better you know, uh, lifestyle? Uh, well, probably the best way to have more integrity is to uh, believe in yourself and trust yourself to stand by your own values and your own beliefs uh, because not everyone is going to have the same of integrity. Uh, and although uh, and everyone isn't going to exactly agree with you, it's still important that you follow in, I guess, what you truly believe uh, is integrity for you as a person. And in that way, you can kind of start to uh, increase your values and increase your morals and make better decisions that might not be um, the easiest to make because sometimes it's hard to have integrity. But over time, it just kind of becomes a natural habit and uh, you'll eventually just become a person who has a lot more integrity. All right. Yeah, and on a wider level, I know you talked about how federal government scientists are protected by that act, but on a wider level, uh, what do you think are some ways that businesses in like the private sector can increase their integrity and maintain it? Uh, well, I think it's really important that um, like CEOs of companies or just comp companies in, be uh, in general kind of advertise themselves in a way that shows integrity. Uh, and what I mean by this is that they don't, uh, I guess, like lie about their product uh, in like commercials or on TV or uh, I guess kind of make it up to be something that it really isn't uh, and kind of spoof statistics or uh, only, you know, show people that it's worked on their product. Um, and that that's kind of what a lot of companies do right now, which makes sense, because obviously if you're trying to sell your product, you're going to make it sound as enticing as possible for the consumer, but it's important that businesses uh, show integrity, uh, and in that way, people will start to believe that the company really cares about the consumer more than they uh, care about making money. And uh, yeah, it's just overall 
integrity and business is ultimately in the long run going to actually lead to increased profits than, uh, I guess, not really showing integrity, which might make more profits in the short term. Oh, yeah, this is very important in the business perspective. Um, I was taking a community college course um, that's all about business, and I feel it's all about the value propositions that businesses provide to consumers, and businesses should portray themselves as you know trustworthy, and that's why we, um, as consumers, we tend to buy products from businesses that support um, you know, these fundraisers or support like some nonprofit that's all about integrity. And I feel it's very important for businesses. Um, I have another question for you, Jack. Um, do you think people with integrity and business with integrity are influenced by each other? Uh, I would definitely say this is true. Uh, it, I think it's really important for like the CEO of the company or whoever's leading the company to deliver the message of do the right thing. And I think that in that way, the employees are going to be more incentivized to be working harder just for the sake of having good integrity and working hard because they're supposed to rather than uh, sort of like an outside motive, uh, like just for their salary. And this way, they'll kind of be working harder because they really care about how good the company's going to do. And it also can open the door to employees coming forward if things need to be changed or if there's something uh, uh, if something's going on that isn't really following with the values of good integrity. So overall, it's really important that uh, a business promotes good integrity among the workers. Yeah. And um, going to the other side, what do you think are some of the effects from a lack of integrity? Uh, well, I actually think that if you don't show integrity over time, that can kind of build up stress. I think regardless of how young or old you are, um, I think people are kind of born with a sense of right and wrong, at least most people. And there's plenty of times where people are faced with a situation where they kind of compromise their morals through their actions. Uh, Like I'm sure as a kid, um, everyone listening has probably um, maybe like stolen some candy or something or like had a cookie uh, like out of the cookie jar that they shouldn't have right before dinner, you know, something that's not really like something horrible, but, uh, something your parents might've said, um, don't do this. Uh, but then you did it anyways, because it was really tempting. Uh, and I think a lot of people can kind of relate to that, uh, feeling of, uh, like they kind of, you kind of know that you did something wrong, even if you were really young. And it's the same thing, uh, if you're a lot older and, you maybe like lied to a friend or something like that, uh, that you always can get this feeling of uh, like this, the, the feeling that comes when you know you did something that doesn't really show integrity. Uh, and that's not really a good feeling overall. So I think that by showing integrity overall, uh, you'll be happier in general. And eventually it won't even really be a process that you have to think of. It'll just be uh, sort of a trait that you naturally have and you're just doing the right thing uh, just and it just sort of comes to you. Yeah, right. definitely. Um, and I wanted to ask you, how do you think schools can teach integrity to their students from a young age? Um, my school, as far as it goes, um, they give out certificates for different qualities that you showcase, um, such as resp- responsibility or kindness and 
how do you uh, think schools can, you know, create the strong foundation of integrity for their students? Uh, I actually think um, little rewards and stuff. Uh, if teachers, I guess, or any supervisors there kind of catch you doing uh, the right thing, I think something like that can actually be really helpful because the hardest part of learning integrity is that integrity is really something you do for yourself. And it's kind of like implied in the definition is that you don't really get rewarded for doing your actions with good integrity other than you feel good about yourself. No one really comes up and gives you a handshake or a pat on the back saying you did the right thing because if it was true integrity, then that means no one was really around and you just did the right thing to do the right thing, um, meaning that you're not going to get some special prize for it. So it can be a good motivator to have some sort of outward reward initially to kind of uh, get this little extra boost of happiness from doing the right thing. But ultimately, in the long run, integrity should just start to come naturally. Yeah, and talking about, I guess, like introducing integrity in others, I just want to ask one more question. Uh, seeing as you introduced your segment with a piece of legislation, um, for your personal opinion, do you think uh, businesses and uh, markets should be, integrity should basically be enforced by the government? Or should it just be kind of left up to consumers and businesses to dish out themselves? Um, that's an interesting question. I think that by posing a law to force integrity, um, I think that kind of almost defeats the purpose of integrity. Because the, the whole point of integrity is to do the right thing, even though no one's around, or just because you know it's the right thing. Uh, and if you have someone standing over you, basically forcing you to do something the uh, moral way, then you're not really showing integrity. You're just uh, proving that you don't want to do something illegal or get punished. Uh, I guess like if you're if you were in school or something and uh, the teacher said uh, like you know the teacher doesn't want you to like look at the person's test who's sitting next to you, um, then you're showing good integrity by not. Uh, and then like if the teacher left the room, you'd be showing good integrity by keeping your eyes on your own paper. But uh, if the teacher's in the room and they're standing right next to you, then you're obviously not going to try to cheat because you know there would be an immediate consequence. So I don't think laws uh, are great for enforcing integrity, but I think that in some cases it's necessary, like for the scientific evidence. Uh, in that case, like it's really important that the evidence is true. And I think most scientists would give true evidence, but in the rare cases that it is spoofed, it's really important that that doesn't happen because I can completely uh, change like a hypothesis or like a theory, which uh, really isn't good in the scientific world. All right. Yeah, um, I think we are out of time now. Uh, Jack, I just want to thank you again for coming on. This is a really interesting segment. Um, yeah, I think we had really awesome discussion. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, audience support me amazing segments like this one by donating to the Be The Star You Are 501c3 literacy charity that brings you this program. Also, Be The Star You Are's Operation Wildfire Disaster Relief Fund continues. Be The Star You Are desperately needs your donations to help us help those in distress by providing books and other resources. Help ship books to victims of natural disasters today at www.bethestarur.org. You can even donate through PayPal Giving Fund with no additional fees. I'm Kenneth Jun. And I'm Siri Panindra. Make sure to watch Be The Star You Are's fun and informative videos at youtube.com slash Be The Star You Are. Pick up our new anthology, Be The Star You Are Millennials to Boomers, celebrating gifts of positive voices in a changing digital world at cynthiabryan.com slash online dash store. 
Stick around for more on the gift of integrity. We're on Facebook, along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. Are you a teenager with lots to say but no one to talk to? Let your creativity explode and your voice be heard on the radio program Express Yourself, a show by teens, for teens, and about teens. No topic is off limits as you connect with teens with attitude. Check out Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel and join our global community where teens talk and the world listens. www.btsya.com. You can express yourself the voice america talk radio network is on instagram make sure you follow us and comment on our pictures from behind the scenes at our radio shows live events and around the network we want to see what you have to share as well check us out on instagram at voice america talk radio we're on facebook along with some of the greatest minds of the world and that includes you visit us on facebook at voice america empowerment You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Welcome back to The Gift of Integrity. I'm Kenneth John, and this is Express Yourself on the Voice America Empowerment channel. In today's segment, we will be joined by our very special guest, Dan Willis. Dan Willis served as a police captain, homicide detective, wellness unit coordinator, and SWAT commander. He is a graduate of San Diego State University and the FBI National Academy. He currently instructs nationwide on trauma, PTSD, and the process of healing. He's also the author of Bulletproof Spirit, the first responder's essential resource for protecting and healing mind and heart. And with that, I'd like to welcome Dan on to the show. Hi, guys. How are you? Yeah, I'm super excited about today, especially, um, you know, it's 9-11, and I think it's a very important topic to discuss. Um, I want to do first ask about your story, and how did you become interested of the need for emotional survival training and wellness practices? Can you give a little background on that, please? Well, I served as a police officer for nearly 30 years. And not only did the job significantly affect me in many ways, um, by becoming what I call emotionally dead or just kind of emotionally numb, flatlined, where I just didn't care about stuff like I used to, becoming uh, more and more jaded and calloused and disinterested in life. But 
uh, not involved in things and with people as I, I used to be. And I saw so many of my colleagues suffer from post-traumatic stress um, that couldn't do the job anymore because of the uh, trauma, interior, inward injuries that they suffered within themselves with all the, uh, the evil and the things that we deal with day in and day out. So I was really uh, moved and driven to try to make a difference and to try to uh, do something that will help our first responders be able to increase their survivability, their ability to serve at their very highest, uh, compassionately, um, with, with purpose to, to be driven to make a difference every single day with every call for service without suffering within. So that was the whole uh, theme behind and purpose for writing Bulletproof Spirit. It, it provides first responders with information I wish I had when I started my career when I was a 21-year-old kid because it would have saved me a, a lot of heartache. And when you realized that, when you really recognized this problem, what were some of the first steps that you took to kind of address them in yourself and your colleagues? Well, the, the first realizations I had was, um, is actually at my stepdaughter's eighth birthday party, and I was just kind of sitting off by my side. I can remember this like it was yesterday, about 25 years ago. And I just... Uh, realized that I really had lost a sense of who I was, that, that uh, innocent, uh, idealistic kid that wanted to be a cop at 21 years old and not knowing how every call would eat away at my ability to, to uh, serve with that idealism and, and purpose to help and want to make a difference. And it just kind of hit me like a, a lightning bolt, like what happened? What happened to me? And so uh, the first thing I did was just, I just started really becoming more self-aware about how the job had been affecting me because I really had no idea asking the people closest to me in the ways I've changed over the years. I just really started uh, sometimes even forcing myself to do the things that, that really brought fulfillment and joy and purpose in my life that tended to just go away over the years as I became more and more drained and entrenched in the uh, traumas, traumas of work and, and just... Slowly and eventually, uh, and just learning from the lessons of myself and from others, that the, you know the best thing we can do to help turn things around is to find something to love about our work and serve with compassion, trying to make a difference every day. That that does more to help erase the past traumas more than anything else. Yeah, definitely. I think compassion is super important, and you can apply that to any job. Um, so what are the warning signs that a first responder or any person who is suffering from trauma is in danger? Like, how can, you, how can you tell that someone is suffering from trauma and that they need to get help? Well, one of the first things that is affected is your sleep. And uh, when you're unable to get a good night's sleep consistently, it really endangers the brain um, and makes it very vulnerable to suffer an injury. And that's really what post-traumatic stress is. It's an, it's an injury to your brain, to your brain's ability to process trauma, a critical incident, or just process life, and it just kind of breaks down. So uh, not being able to sleep anymore, uh, becoming depressed. You know, most people get depressed from time to time, but when it just doesn't go away and you're depressed month after month, I mean, that's a major sign that, that acute stress and trauma is, is building up within you and, and it isn't being constructively processed and, and dealt with. Uh, becoming more and more distant, more and more isolated, where you don't really uh, connect with people anymore, 
You don't do the things that you used to do. You're just kind of uninvolved, disinterested, uh, becoming more and more uncaring. Um, also, uh, drinking uh, as a perceived need. Drinking because uh, you need it to try to relax or to try to fall asleep, to try to get at least a couple hours. Um, I mean, just these things just kind of build up and, and build up, becoming more and more angry and irritated all the time, just flying off the handle because you just have no resilience anymore. These are all significant signs that, you know, things are going on inside that need to get addressed before they get much, much worse. And what kind of experiences exactly result in PTSD? Um, obviously, today is 9-11, and it's like one of the most traumatic days of the entire country. Um, what are some other types of experiences that can differ from uh, something as huge as this? Does it always have to be this uh, big and um, I guess, this big of a mark on history, or can it just be something more subtle and understated? Okay, that's a really good question because, um, I mean, 9-11 truly was probably the most traumatic day in our nation's history. And uh, a lot of people think to suffer from PTSD, I I have to be in the military or just uh, see these horrific things or undergo them myself. And it's, it's not. PTSD is just caused by trauma. And trauma is any experience that has the potential to significantly affect you in a bad way over a long period of time. And people have experiences that can affect them in a bad way for a long period of time um, fairly often. You, know, you could have been abused or neglected, um, molested as a, as a kid, uh, going through a really horrible divorce um, as a first responder, just the stuff that we see day in and day out. Day out, the acts of violence, the, the child molestation, the threats against us, the uh, suicides, the fatal car collisions, just on and on and on. So, so trauma is the cause of post-traumatic stress, and that is just basically any experience that, that can bother you for a long, long time, potentially even for life. And that's what can yeah. injure your brain. Hmm. So... You know, I feel PTSD is very common, and in my psychology class, I remember this statistic, and it said that about seven or eight people out of every hundred, they will have PTSD at some point in their life, and I feel like it's so common, um, and that's why we need authors like you who will, you know, help people feel better and realize that they can continue living happy um, so regarding the 9-11 first responders bill that gained a lot of attention recently, do you know of any other pieces of legislation that the first responder community is pushing for at the moment? Not that I am personally aware of, um, but in my opinion, you know, anything that is going to be able to fund and help those people that, that have suffered now for 18 years um, from, from such a horrific tragedy it, it is, uh, you know, we, we absolutely need. I mean, it, it is a matter of life and death. And not only are, are these people suffering from uh, all kinds of forms of cancer and, and things from uh, being there, but, but just a significant trauma and the PTSD and, and the uh, suicides and everything else that can all be attributed to that one horrific incident. And we as a nation, as a country need to be able to come together and you would think that is something we can all agree on and, and work together to help help these people who uh, many of them were rushing 
into danger when everyone else was rushing away and and trying to do what they could to, to help, you know, while seeing uh, their countrymen die and suffer in the way that they did. And then now for years and years later on, they are suffering as well. And we, and we need to do what we can to help them. Yeah, and that bill, if I remember it correctly, uh, there was a lot of focus on respiratory diseases and cancer. Um, but you obviously wrote primarily about mental health. Uh, do you find that there is adequate attention to the mental well-being of uh, uh, first responders in that community? No, it, uh, not at all. Uh, I am not aware of any state that recognizes PTSD as, um, as caused by work if you're a first responder and, and therefore is, is covered by workers' comp insurance and enabling you to make a claim on that and have it, you know, be accepted and as a work injury. Uh, I know there are some bills in, in various states. California had one recently and, and some others where they're trying to work towards that. And there may be a few states that have uh, a portion of that. But uh, there, there's so much more we can do to truly recognize the effects of trauma. And, and first responders, police, fire, paramedics, emergency room workers, and nurses, uh, I mean, they deal with trauma every single day. You don't have to be in a shooting to suffer PTSD as a cop. I mean, just, just the daily experiences. We, no person was meant to see what we see every single day by just going into work. And um, until that we can, and, and even the community of first responders, uh, I'm, I'm always surprised as I go around the country giving training on this, uh, the ones that don't even realize that suicide is our number one cause of death, more than all the other causes of death combined, um, because it's just not really talked about, even within our own community. And there's so much more that we can do, and that's one of the purposes of the book, is to raise consciousness, to let people know no one is invincible from trauma, there's ways to heal, there's ways to get help, there's ways to fully recover and be well, uh, but it needs to be addressed and talked about and supported. Oh yeah, I feel first responders are truly heroes and, you know, I respect them for risking their lives to help other people and, you know, that's just a great quality to have and this whole segment is about integrity and I feel like first responders are absolutely an example um, so in your book, you wrote about how the spirit is the fundamental nature and the most critical part of a first responder. So um, what do you mean by that? Our inner self is, is really the foundation of our health, of our well-being. It's the uh, capacity of our heart to serve, to do good, to um, be compassionate with love, compassion and mercy. It's uh, really the foundation of, of what makes us human. And our spirit is what gets poisoned by the uh, various traumas of life and, and of work. And it's not only poisonous, it, it's cumulative and keeps building up, you know, unless we're doing something to release it and process it uh, and making our brain potentially more and more uh, vulnerable to suffer. I mean, uh, every first responder I know, including myself, 100% went into this career wanting to protect life, wanting to serve their country, serve their community, wanting to make a difference. And that comes from, from your spirit, what motivates you, what inspires you, what makes you want to do something beyond your own selfish 
self-interest for the good of others, for a greater good. So your spirit needs to be nurtured, needs to be uh, fed, and and we do that by by loving acts of kindness, by living with integrity, by doing as much good as we can, and, and trying to uh, create positive change and make the world a better place. That inspires, nurtures, and, and motivates us, and helps to heal our spirit as well. And those, you know, on 9/11, we lost 412 first responders, 351 firefighters, paramedics, and 61 police officers. And every single one of them knew they were likely to die or to have serious injury, and they could care less. They are totally devoted to protecting life. And they went in there, they kept going back and forth, going up the towers. Even when the first one collapsed, they're still going up and down the second one, trying to get people out. And that's what I mean by by. Uh, the spirit that's within us all when we are driven to want to help people and do as much good as we can. And what do you think are some of the uh, key sources for supporting and nurturing uh, that well-being and spirit? Um, Should it come from families? Should it come from the government, from colleagues? Uh, Who do you identify as the most important source for that kind of support? Uh, That's a really good question. Uh, It's... uh, in my opinion, it's everyone's responsibility. It's the individual person, the first responder. It's their agency. It's their uh, supervisor, their command staff, the chief. It's uh, family members. It's members of the community. It's the state. It's the country. I mean, that everyone needs to... Uh, I mean, there's so much division in our country right now. And that, that is just absolutely not productive of wellness. In, in any way. And there is far more that unites us, which we saw after 9-11, than could ever divide us. And we just need to um, understand uh, that it is part of our responsibility, just being a member of the public, for the safety and well-being and the health of the first responders who serve you. Because your safety, the safety of your community, is totally dependent upon the health and well-being of the first responders serving it. Because what kind of service are you going to get when you call 911 and an officer comes out who hasn't been sleeping, who's suffering from PTSD, who's drinking way too much, who feels like the community distrusts him, hates him, doesn't want him there, uh, I mean, it, it's not good for anybody. So um, the, the number one thing, I think, to help bring us together is, is to kind of raise the consciousness of people to promote a greater understanding of what it means to be a cop and what it means to be a first responder. For first responders to understand... Uh, the concerns of the community and to reach out to them and have more community outreach and engagement with them so we can understand each other because we are an integral part of the community. just like every member of the community is. And we need to uh, work together so we're all the safest and the most well that we can be so we can help each other be the best that we can be. Mm, I, I definitely agree. I feel the country needs to take that step and kind of help people understand that first responders are truly heroes and I feel we need to like you know encourage people to have more wellness programs and um, so why do you think wellness programs are critical for first responder agencies and individuals? Uh, Well sir just before I answer that I just want to add on to what you were saying um, right right there in in that uh, uh, you know we, 
it, it is just so vital for for us to realize, you know, that first responders are people, right? When I left for work every day and I kissed my wife goodbye, the only thing I was thinking of is I hope I get to see you again. I wasn't thinking, I hope I get to kill somebody today. I hope I get to get in a fight. I hope this or that. I hope I get to come home and see you. And we are just human beings. And we, and when we have to use force because somebody's resisting or fighting or trying to kill us or somebody else, we take that with us every single day for the rest of our lives. And it's traumatic. It's injurious to us. And uh, there's not one cop that I've ever met that enjoyed having to use force because somebody forces our hand, and we have to, just to protect ourselves or somebody else or to effect an arrest. And and, uh, as human beings, we suffer, we fear, and we bleed just like everybody else. And that's one of my main concerns is, is I really want the public to understand that we are just people. But beyond that, we're doing a job that nobody else would ever do for any amount of money. And we do it out of a love for our country, love for our community, love for our fellow uh, human beings and neighbors to try to help and make a difference and protect and give life to people. Now, our wellness, wellness programs are essential to help prevent suicide. As I said, suicide is the number one cause of death for first responders. And less than 5% of first responder agencies have a suicide prevention program. So there's the and going back to that former question we were talking about, it's the agency's responsibility, it's the chief and the administration's responsibility as well to provide a culture, uh, to provide resources, to provide training, to provide opportunities for the, their first responders to be well, to, to feel like it's safe to go and say, hey, something's going on inside I don't like, I need help, and feel like they're going to be supported and taken care of and helped that process to be whole again. And there's, there's, uh, I write in the book, there's um, all kinds of ideas and uh, strategies to help create wellness programs within any first responder agency. And the more that these agencies are doing for their people, not only are the healthier the first responders are going to be, the more professional service there's going to be, and therefore the safer the communities. Thank you so much, Dan, for sharing with us today. And I feel this topic is super important. And if I learned one thing, it is that we need to take care of our first responders. They are truly our heroes, and we need to provide all of the support for them And because they risk their lives for us, and we need to give them something back. We need to give them respect, and we need to protect them. Um, unfortunately, that is all the time we have for this segment, but audience, please learn more about Captain Dan Willis and his story on www.firstresponderwellness.com. Check out his book and check out facebook.com slash bulletproofspirit. I'm Siri Panindra. And I'm Kenneth John. Pick up a copy of our newest anthology, Be the Star You Are, Millennials to Boomers, Celebrating Gifts of Positive Voices in a Changing Digital World which you can find on CynthiaBryan.com, Amazon, and other book retailers. Visit www.BeTheStarYouAre.org for more information about Express Yourself and Be The Star You Are. Stay right here with us as we continue our conversation on the gift of integrity. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. 
Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Are you a teenager with lots to say but no one to talk to? Let your creativity explode and your voice be heard on the radio program Express Yourself, a show by teens, for teens, and about teens. No topic is off limits as you connect with teens with attitude. Check out Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel and join our global community where teens talk and the world listens. www.btsya.com. You can express yourself. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Thank you for staying with us here on the Voice America Empowerment channel. Our program is Express Yourself, giving youth across the world a voice to be listened to. I'm Siri Panindra. And I'm Kenneth Jun. To close out our show today, we'll be reading The Gift of Integrity, uh, which was written by our awesome founder and producer, Cynthia Bryan. So here is The Gift of Integrity. As a child growing up on our farm, contracts for any business involved a firm handshake between my dad, mom, and their business partner. We were taught that our, world, our word was our covenant, our pledge, and that our handshake meant we have a deal. A promise was a promise. We didn't, sign a, we didn't sign pieces of paper. We didn't rent contracts. A handshake was a contract. When my parents said they would do something, they did it. My confidence in their words was confirmed by their actions. There was an old saying around the farms and ranches in our country, in our county. If your word ain't no good, you ain't no good. I have since learned that the quality of integrity is a priceless ingredient in creating a life of meaning. Unfortunately, it is not virtue shared by the masses, but it is one that every generation needs to embrace. The word integrity means a state or quality of being whole, complete, or undivided. People who have integrity are complete, whole, and undivided. People of integrity follow through on their words with actions. They actually do what they say they will do. Our third president of the United States, Thomas Jefferson, said in matters matters of taste, Swim with the current. In matters of principle, stand like a rock. Knowing what's right doesn't mean anything unless we do what's right. 
Having integrity means that sometimes we have to go against popular ideas in order to stand for truth and justice. What is popular is not always right, and what's right is not always popular. Being a rock is solidity. Many times in my life, I've had to choose between taking the easy road of falsehood and the bumpy road of honesty. Although taking the high road of integrity can be the lonely path, it is always the best to carve that trail. Parenting is challenging, yet some parents choose to give their children dangerous freedoms because they want to be considered cool parents. This manner of parenting is not beneficial and could even be harmful as children mature and enter the business world. As parents, we have a responsibility to help our children become independent, self-sufficient, creative, honest, loving adults who value themselves and others. Parents need to say no and stick to it, despite the ramifications when no one is warranted. Parenting is not a popularity contest. We have to show our kids how to do the right thing, not just tell them what to do. Integrity is health of the spirit. When we live with a code of ethics, we are the people we were meant to be. With integrity as our foundation principle, we become leaders, strong, confident, energetic, trustworthy, industrious, truthful, and lovable. From the fountain of integrity, all the other gifts flow. We have the ability to love more, laugh more, and be the stars we were born to be. Integrity is a risky business because it means we can't be bought and our souls won't be sold. Our strong doctrines and our fortitude of character get, get us through the tough spots. And believe me, there will be rough spots for everyone. We're all humans in training and we will make mistakes. The process of growing, learning, and developing always involves risk. But successful people don't avoid risk. In fact, they plunge headfirst into it knowing there's no such thing as failure, only lessons to be learned. A motto I penned and live by is failure is fertilizer. Go ahead and dig in. Happiness is an inside job, and in order to live a life of bliss, it is necessary to know at the deepest level that who we are, what we do, and what we say is congruent with our personal essence. Integrity inspires enthusiasm, which lights the way for creativity. Individuals who live daily with integrity experience live in a powerful, pure manner. What you see is what you get. Integrity nourishes our hearts and cheers us along life's journey. With integrity as our rock, we can face our fears carefully and fearlessly. Integrity empowers us to be the best we can be. Integrity embodies the message of the golden rule, do unto others as you would like done unto you. Integrity is a commitment to standing up for what you believe in while being firm in your ideals. It's a philosophy of concrete values, dreams, and goals. It means operating from a place of morality, authenticity, and positive outlooks. The greatest gift I can offer my family is my example of living as a woman of integrity. Knowing what, what is correct means nothing unless I do what's right. Keeping my word, following through on promises, and walking my talk are essential elements to living on purpose with integrity. Past the torch of truth and the small ripple of integrity will go into a large wave with exponential benefits for all. You can do it. And the exercise at the end of the chapter is called walking the talk. The next time you're faced with a dilemma, a job interview, or a question you'd rather not be asked, take a moment to pause, breathe, and contemplate the circumstances. Will you lie on that resume? Could you be honest instead? Can you tell the truth despite the potential outcomes? When you agree to something, do you keep your promise? Make a list of things you have said or done for which you are proud of, uh, which you are proud for which you are proud of your efforts at veracity. Decide that you want to be a person of integrity, and you will become one. 
No, it's not always easy. Employers are seeking people who are honest and reliable. Is that you? Yep, this is a very fascinating chapter, and I feel integrity can be applied to any anything, any aspect of life, whether it is you know to get a job or to get into a college. I feel integrity shows that you are the person who you are, and that you you know you have these good intentions, and you're willing to make sacrifices just to do the right thing. So I feel this is very relevant in today's society, and as you know, Jack said in the first segment. It applies to everything, whether it's science or politics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and as Cynthia mentioned in the chapter, um, yeah, integrity is kind of the one quality from which all the other qualities flow from. Um, yeah, like integrity is all about, uh, I guess, keeping empathy as a main ideal, you know, taking care of others, uh, keeping in mind that what you do affects people around you, uh, you know, establishing your identity and keeping to your own morals. Yeah, integrity is kind of the foundational base for all of that. Yep, and I remember in my elementary school, we made this huge poster with the golden rule, and um, it's do unto others as you would like done unto you. And basically, you should do something um, if that's what you want to happen back to you. And I feel, you know, schools and basically families, they should, you know, create this strong rule Um, that you have to have integrity in anything that you do. And, you know, it's just super powerful and we need to incorporate this more often. Yeah. And, um, yeah, Cynthia also talked about, you know, how that can play a role in personal relationships, like with parenting um, and how, you know, as a parent, you do need to, like, even if you do want to be, like, lenient and quote-unquote cool with your kids, you do have to know when you have to take a stand and, you know, uh, oppose them on certain things and, you know, uh, deliver consequences. And, you know, that's not necessarily even with just parents and uh, parents and children with, like, friends. Um, even if you would be entering um, this kind of uncomfortable tone with a relationship with your friends, it's really good when you can just stand up for yourself and uh, declare something that you don't agree with or, uh as ethical or moral and just identify it as something wrong and let them know that you don't think you don't support it. Yes. And I feel integrity is so important and, you know, it may be a little hard to incorporate at first, but you know, you have to make the trail. Don't just follow, you know, the popular road of doing something wrong. You have to, you know, create your own trail and do what you feel is right. And it may be hard sometimes, but trust me, it will get better. And, you know, you will get this feeling of satisfaction inside of you, knowing that you did the right thing. So even if there's no incentive, you know, you feel you will feel that you're doing the right thing. And I feel that's very important. Yeah, exactly. Um, She talked about in the exercise at the end, you can just make a list of things that you're proud of, um, where you've really stuck to your guns and like, uh, stood up for yourself, basically. And that's something I definitely uh, have done a lot where uh, I don't know where I think I failed something or I just, uh, yeah, failed to do something. I wasn't getting like uh, the grades I wanted. I wasn't completing tasks and stuff as well as I wanted. Uh, Anything like that, I can just think back to something like, you know, I did it honestly and with integrity. Um, There are a lot of other people who wouldn't do that, who would take an easier way. But no, I took the harder way and failed. And that's something that, you know, has really motivated me in the past. It's something that I could stick onto when I feel um, disappointed in something. 
Yes, and I feel um, the most important part of the chapter, which I really liked, was the quote, failure is just fertilizer, go ahead and dig in, meaning failure is, you know, not the end of the world. And we have to have integrity, even if it means that we have a failure. But I feel, you know, once you face a failure, you have to take it as a learning opportunity and just, you know, move on and strive to be a better person. It's not so much about the grades or the college you get into. It's truly about how you are as a person and that personality will take you far in life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and establishing that confidence with integrity is something that can really um, help you recognize that, you know, that when you fail at something, you're not really failing. It's just an experience that you can learn from. Um, Yeah, and you can't really, you know, fully realize that without having the confidence in yourself that uh, believing in yourself and maintaining integrity can bring you. Yes, and in 10 years, you won't remember the failures, you will just remember the lessons and I feel failures, they come and go, but it's the lessons that really make a deep impact on your life and the life of others. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think that was a great chapter about integrity. I think that was really awesome from Cynthia. Uh, but we are out of this, uh, we are out of time for this segment and out of time for the show. Uh, so, as always, we give our thanks to Star Solid Productions, Cynthia Bryan, Be the Star You Are, and our Voice America Empowerment Crew, especially our voice engineer, Josh. Thanks to our guests and reporters from across the world. And thank you to you, our listeners, for making us a top-rated program. I'm Kenneth Jun. And I'm Siri Panindra. And you've been listening to Express Yourself, an on-air global community where teens talk and the world listens. For information on our creative community, charity efforts, and outreach programs, go to our main site at www.bethestarur.org. Celebrate our 20th anniversary with us. Have integrity, be honest, and be here. Speak up, speak out, and express yourself. Thanks for joining us this week on Express Yourself, produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, be sure to visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern, when teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids channel. Until then, remember to express yourself. Stars that shine between the lines if you would let yourself.